0: All right, so who we have here with us today is Goya Robles. He is a poet and a writer and an actor. You have seen him on Get Shorty and lots of other fun stuff, and he'll tell us all about his journey going from um, being a poet to actually being a screenwriter and how being an actor informs those artistic endeavors. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Goya, my friend.
1: (laughs) Of course, it's my pleasure.
0: So we know you primarily. The world knows you primarily as an actor, right? So you've been on Get Shorty, and we've seen you in tons of other stuff. Um, what are you doing, like, right now or most um, recently?
1: The, I think the most recent thing I'm I'm in is um, I'm I'm uh, recurring on uh, on a show called um, Raising Canaan. Nice. It's on Stars. Yes. That's cool. It's a cool cool series. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing that, but I've been mostly, uh, to be honest, I've just been working on. Um, I mean, besides auditioning, I've been just working on finishing up certain personal projects that I've started. Like there's nice. a couple short films that that I've been working on for some time now. I'm trying to like just finish it so I can move on. And and then your class, your class has been a big part of you know of you know a lot of the time that I've been giving um putting into so
0: yeah well the project that you're working on in my class is so special I can't wait to see the fruition of it um you know so uh, the world knows you as an actor but we also know you as a poet so I have better know that you're inc- an incredibly talented poet and I like that um in the project that you're working on in my class it's sort of intertwining and and these two different types of art forms are sort of uh, coming together in the form of film and that's really beautiful to see and really exciting. But how did you start? Um, when did you first know that you were a poet or when did you first know that you were different and you weren't going to be a banker?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, I, I remember when I was in high school, I think it was my freshman year in high school. Um, you know, I was like a, like a real big hip hop head and, uh, I wrote this um, I wrote this this hip hop verse and I recited it to a friend of mine at the time and and you know it was like talking about just like being on the street and guns and violence and all this stuff. And after I said it, he said, man, that that was trash. That <laughs> 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 was, was garbage. He's like he's like, Why don't you write something that matters? Okay. So that week I spent time um, doing just that. uh, and I ended up writing this piece and I recited it to him a week later. And it was such a different, I mean, he blew his mind. He couldn't believe that I was the same, you know, like it, I, I did one thing one week and a week later I did this completely different thing that completely blew his mind. And so um, and so I kind of just went down that path. I'm like, all right, well, I'm I'm gonna write about things that that matter. And and uh, and so I I did that for. Uh, so my, my initially my entry into writing was writing like hip hop music and hip hop lyrics, and then it transitioned into poetry when I I started uh, watching this thing called um, Def Jam Poetry that used to be on HBO. Mm -hmm. and i was so moved by that and i was like oh um it's kind of like rhyming but like the spoken word is kind of incorporates that but there's so many images the focus is more images Mm. than than just you know making certain lines it just it just wasn't about just the structure of of the lines it was just like how, how can i use images to kind of intertwine with what i'm saying so so that's how i knew like that, that's how i started finding my voice um in a few years and then I, I started i was performing a lot um but then my writing got really personal around, around 2006 2007 and i stopped performing for years because mm. it got so personal and it wasn't until i started teaching at the Strasbourg institute You know, I had to teach my students what it took to be a spoken word artist, which included being getting back on stage. And so I did that and it was kind of my like landing again. Um, So, yeah,
0: that's so interesting because, you know, it was almost like you were scared of where you had to go as an artist and you sort of denied it for a little bit, which is something I think that a lot of us can relate to when things get too real, we go, we don't, we, we don't want to go there, but unfortunately that's where we have to go in order for it to be the most authentic. So what did you do? What did you do to get past it? Did you find just the courage to share or what was that like?
1: Well, I I think it was, there's always something about being in service that, that makes the transition different. You know, if it's just about me and overcoming overcoming what I need to come for myself I'm, I'm a big procrastinator but when it when when it's when there's someone else involved or there's other people involved or if I'm, I'm like you know now it was about my students and mm-hmm. I can't like withdraw just because it's inconvenient uncomfortable like I had to give them an example of what it looked like and so so that's kind of how that, that happens and and um and funny enough i i i remember because the first class that i taught we, we, we it's like 12 weeks and at the end of the 12 weeks we have like a, a poetry slam at the end of the to, to, you know it's a culmination of the course and i ended up performing one of my most vulnerable pieces I've ever uh, performed um and i'm pretty clear that if i didn't teach the class I probably would have just stayed you know, it would have stayed in the books, but because I got the courage to do that, I ended up turning it into, you know, um, it became a life, like it became a project where we ended up shooting a, a film based off of the poem. And um, anyway, so that's how that happened.
0: That's great. Um, I, you, you said something so interesting. You said, I asked you how it started and you, how it started for you. And you said that you got feedback that what you had written was special. Right. And I feel like that's how so many of us started. Right. So like for me, um, I was a freshman in high school and um, not really, really not good at much, you know, really like having a hard time functioning in the real world. (laughs) And my English teacher in freshman year gave us a picture of a boy in a bed looking at these orbs in the sky and said, write a short story. And so I wrote a short story and then she read it out to the class. She said, this was the best short story. And I went, Oh, I'm going to go that way because clearly I was that. Wow. She thought I she, Right, Okay. The point is this, is that that's how a lot of us get started. But then when you start becoming a professional and you go out into the world and you put yourself out there and you be vulnerable, there's a lot of people who aren't going to give you that good feedback. And so now we have to teach ourselves that the feedback doesn't matter. And for me, I feel like that's a really hard transition to make for when the reason why I started was because I thought that I had something special that somebody else was telling me about, right? And so now I feel like, I well, if I keep getting that, I'll keep going in this direction. And at some point you go, no, I'm doing this for me because this is what makes me be able to function in the world. And then, but there's this transition of, well, then what does it look like to do it professionally? And so what, what are your thoughts on that? I would really love to know what you think about that well, and how you balance the need for that and also reject it.
1: Yeah, I, I, that's a good question. I, I, I remember, well, first off, somebody once told me that what you're passionate about is directly correlated to how it's introduced to you. Right. So like if if you are interested in something and someone who maybe teaches you the craft or teaches you whatever it may be is an asshole. Right. <laughs> or it's like diminishing like it it may it more than likely it's gonna deter you from going down that path. And I've seen it and, and I've and I've experienced it, you know. Um and then if, my, I, I was fortunate enough, so when I went to in grad school, my, my teacher, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Kemp, she made it a, a, a very spiritual um, practice. So it was introduced that way. And because it was introduced that way, how I take on the art form has become that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's been something that has been extremely personal to me that I feed myself, that I use as a gateway to look at parts of, of myself that that um, I may have a hard time looking at or uh, look at people that I don't know anything about with, with a different level of empathy and compassion that normally I wouldn't have, you know. And I think I, that's been a similar experience with my writing. I think that, that it, um, it was nice for someone to give me that feedback and, and 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 I took it on. But at a certain point, there was a transition and in, in, in that transition was it, it mostly happened for me when I stopped worrying about being good for mm-hmm. other people. Like I stopped worrying about being good. And it became just about what must I say? What needs to, you know, part of it is like, who do I declare myself to be? And the other part is what what's going on with me that I might not even have the courage to say to myself, but I can write it at least. Maybe I can just write it. And that's how I've learned to own my own words and it's in that owning of my own message and my own words I've been able to distinguish myself from other people that hit the stage you know and and I think maybe for me that's been a big kind of breakthrough when it comes to how I define myself as a professional you know I'm, I'm very proud to say that as a professional I don't compromise my voice like as a professional I dig as deep as I can, and I give it away, yeah. and I've, I've managed to make it, you know, so far.
0: Amazing, amazing! That's such a great answer, Goya. I appreciate you uh, being so honest about that. What advice would you give to somebody who's who's feeling like they have to go out there and they're they need to, you know, get writing jobs? They need to be accepted. They need to win contests. They need to do all of these things. What do you have any advice to bring up back to the spirituality of it? If you're going to survive, because you're not going to survive. If if that's the end goal, right? If that's the end goal is to win things and get things, you're not going to be able to to handle this for the long haul, right? Because this is a long a long game, right? So, yeah. any advice you would give about how to bring yourself back into the core and and, and tune everything else out?
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if 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 you're writing for anything else but but revealing who you are to yourself, then you're just wasting time that you're not going to get back. Uh, you know I've I've done it before even with with uh, with auditioning and acting and stuff there was there was a time you know before I landed Get Shorty the the, my I would struggle with auditions because I was always trying to figure out like what does the casting director want you know Mm -hmm. what does the what 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 are they looking for and i would give these auditions and I feel like they just weren't memorable and I was feeling bad about myself because I was never really being what I really wanted to be. And there was a moment where I think it was, I wasn't really getting many auditions and the ones that I was getting didn't, didn't feel right. And I didn't, I felt awkward and always, was, and I was also struggling with money so bad and borrowing money from everyone. And I just got to a point where I didn't give a shit anymore. Mm-hmm. I
0: didn't
1: care anymore what, what anyone thought. And I, and I did my thing. Like that's when the audition came. At right? that kind, that moment, the get Shorty audition, and I I knocked it out the park because I remember telling myself, "I don't care what they're looking for. I'm gonna give them what I who I am." And that it's kind of that that knowledge is translatable to so many different art forms and writing as well like you know in your class and, and the story that I'm writing I find myself needing to go to it like I wake up in the morning I just like I need to it's always processing it but it's because it's a story that I need to tell and it's costing me something to tell it and if it's not costing me anything then what the fuck am I
0: I love Uh it. That's beautiful. And, you know, we're always going to have to do jobs, right? But if you're not also supplementing your artistry with what we're talking about here, you're also going to get so depleted that you will quit. And so it's so important to constantly be pulling from that well of who am I? What, what, who do I want to be as an artist? And, um, and what you said it so eloquently. So thank you for that. What do you find is the most difficult thing that you have to overcome when you do sit down to write? And let's talk about screenwriting in particular, right? Because I know that you're such a beautiful poet, and I'm wondering, screenwriting, especially my philosophy on it, and how to complete screenplays is so regimented, right? Are you finding it hard to follow that, That I want to say rigidity, but it's not really that it's, it feels like that until you get into the rhythm of it and then you understand that that's actually helping you finish. So what um, what do you what do you think about that?
1: Well I think I think the thing that I, I've noticed that I've struggled with mostly now is when I do sit and I'm writing realizing that not every day is not going to be you know, I'm gonna bang out two, three pages a day. Just like it's not gonna flow all the time. Sometimes I might sit in and only just get a couple lines in, and you know, and 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 then that's okay. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that I'm not a good writer. It doesn't mean that I'm, I'm I don't know the story. It doesn't mean that I you know that I doubt myself and like what the hell was I thinking? You know, it's like like, like every day doesn't have to look. The same. And some days, some days it'll, the same part of the structure of the story on different days will flow much differently. Cause, you know, sometimes re- relaxation will open up things that you didn't realize. You know, when you're trying to get something done, you know, when, you, when you're when you trying to put the pressure on yourself and get something done, a lot of times there's too much mental tension for things to flow. And I think that's been uh, just a lesson that I'm like actively learning my way through writing in images is writing poetry and everything being in images has helped a lot has helped a lot in the way that i've been writing the story everything is very and and by the way finding like writing a story that i know and that i can tell this is the first time i've written anything where i see everything like i see i just see ev i just see everything i see the environment i see the people i see i can i can I like the smells and the tastes and i see pre-production and production and post and i see the people involved and i see like the presentation i just i've never it's just such a because there's so much clarity in the story um mm-hmm. uh, I, I just can visualize everything um which is never, I've never had that before, which is really nice.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny because when, when you come from acting, right. And, and, and you have an acting background and I studied acting as well. And you know, it's, it's very similar to, you know, when you're, when you're in the scene and you're living in the moment, if, if, if you rush towards the moment, you're never going to get it right. You're going to be rushing towards it. But if you pull back and you just live in the moment and you let it go and you don't try to do anything and you just let it come to you and just, you know, one true moment at a time. All of a sudden, things start opening up for you, and and it's very similar in writing. You know, one one true moment at a time, inch by inch, until you finish. So yeah, so so it's a crazy business. What's what do you what do you think is the craziest part of it, or the weirdest part of it, or the craziest thing that has ever happened to you as a writer, or even as an actor, or anything just in the entertainment business in general, not being opposite of the real world out there.
1: Oh, so I could talk a couple of things. I think. Uh, f- Okay, so there there was one time when I was in grad school and uh, I was doing this play called Extremities on Off-Broadway. I mean, I I would would completely lose myself to, to the experience and the role. So much so that one time... I, and I would be exhausted every time I would come out I was like drenched in sweat because of because of because of uh the work and I was I'd be exhausted and one time I was so exhausted I walked out and someone was waiting for me at the stage on, on off on, on yeah on the stage and I walk out and it was Bradley Cooper yeah <laughs> so Bradley Cooper, like it didn't occur to me I don't know I was I was in such a i don't know such a state like i, I usually take some time afterwards went, when, the, when performances are that intense that i need to like decompress and i hadn't decompressed yet so just the reality of everything didn't hit you know and he was like yeah you know, i love what you did here he's like i hope he he said a few things to me and he said, yeah he's like i hope we get to work together And i was mm-hmm. like oh shit but it didn't really hit me it didn't really hit me i was like all right whatever whatever i just so i came to school the next day and then um the the head of the program calls me in the office and he goes so you have an appointment with with an agent at caa bradley cooper and i was like oh shit you know and i went in and that and um it took me 15 minutes 15 20 minutes to relax and he even pointed it out he was like hmm. he was like you know it took you a while to relax. He's like, I have to know that if I send you on an audition, you're going to kill it. Right. You know? And so he sent me on an audition the next day on some big Broadway show. And oh, I, my God. And I bombed that audition so bad. Well, I share I share that because, like, you know, first of all, if you do the work, you never know who's in the audience. Who's yep. You never know who. I've, I've had... Things like that happened to me. I got cast in the movie from a stage reading that I did. You never know who's in the audience, who's gonna, who's gonna. Um. So it's, it's it has to be about the work. It has yeah. to be about the work. And then I. And then recently, the other thing that happened to me was um, I, I auditioned for this this uh, movie called The Greatest Beer Run, who was being directed, who was directed by Peter Fairley. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the. So I auditioned for that movie three different times for three different roles. I didn't get any of them, And the director liked me. He wanted to work with me, but the, the production company was just not, wasn't having it. They didn't, they didn't want me on the project for whatever reason. So I was letting it go, whatever. And then maybe like, a, maybe like a week and a half later on a Sunday night, I get a call from my agent. He goes, you got your passport?
0: Oh my goodness.
1: I'm like, uh, yeah. He goes, yeah. The guy that they had offered one of the roles to, one you know, it's a smaller role, but it's like he's the one of the guys they offered the role to, uh, his passport expired. Right? Oh my so, God. So I was like, damn. So, so yeah, I spent a month in Thailand to, sh- you know, I only I shot maybe just a few days, but it was just another lesson, you know, be prepared for luck.
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep, look at that. So many lessons in in that story. And I and I want to talk a minute about the Bradley Cooper audition and understanding that it's going to happen when we're ready for it to happen and maybe at that moment in your life you you needed a pause to really understand well how do I get in control of myself? And like you said, it has to be a spiritual thing and all. You had to learn all of those things so that now when you're hitting your stride, you've already learned those lessons. Those are lessons that everybody has to learn. I love it. I love it. And <laughs> and also be prepared. How bad, you know, how bad do you want this is is another question, right? Like, like, you got to be prepared to be to have that ready to go tomorrow. Like, uh, it's not some far away dream that might happen. If you start preparing for it, your dream job to happen tomorrow, it's going to happen. It's just the way the universe works. So. Yeah, good. Well, I can't wait to see that movie.
1: <laughs> Hopefully it didn't cut me out. So. And there's that reality as well.
0: It's a crazy business, but we do it because we love it. And we do it because we couldn't do anything else. Like we couldn't do anything else. What else would we do? Well, thank you for being my guest on my podcast, Goya. I'm such a huge fan. You know how talented I think you are. I'm super excited to be working on your screenplay with you and seeing all of these beautiful poetic images turning into this cinematic vision it's been such a pleasure for me
1: thank you thank you for that appreciate it it's been it's been a pleasure um it's been a pleasure being in your class actually i've done a lot of great work working with you not not just in your writing class but you know we've had some pretty intensely profound i've, I've had some pretty intensely profound experiences uh working with you so yeah i'm ex- and i'm excited about this this script my 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 teacher, before she passed away, I think it was like my second year in grad school, randomly she walks, up, she walked up to me and grabbed me by my face and said, I can't wait till you, till you tell the world your story. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and now I feel like that's what I'm doing here, getting the opportunity to do that. And I'm very grateful.
0: Oh, wow. What a great way to end it. I, I would like to say that everyone should be so lucky to have someone look them in the face and say that. I can't wait for you to tell the world your story beautiful. Now I'm crying as I do, as I do. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Goya.